Welcome to Open Matters, everybody. This is an interview series designed to explore the intersection of open source and open standards with folks in our industry. I'm your host, Guy Martin, Executive Director of Oasis Open. In today's discussion, we're going to talk about foundations. Now, this is obviously a topic I have a vested interest in considering my role here at Oasis, but it's also one that's been frequently discussed lately in open source and open standard circles. We'll cover a brief explanation of what foundations are, but we'll spend the majority of the time putting together what we're calling a buyer's guide on what to look for when choosing a potential foundation as a home for your project. Joining me today is Rich Bowen, a director in the open source program office at Red Hat. And in addition to serving on our board of directors here at Oasis, Rich previously served on the Apache Software Foundation board. And he has a long history uh, in various open source communities. I was personally tremendously excited when Rich agreed to join our board here at Oasis last year because he has given a lot of thought to what good governance looks like for open source projects. So I'm sure he'll have a lot to say on this topic. Thanks a lot for being on the show, Rich. Thanks so much for inviting me, Guy. You bet. So before we get started, uh, some quick housekeeping for everybody. Uh, please hold your questions until the end, and you may raise your hand to ask your question live or to insert your question into the Q&A box. And once more, a quick reminder that the session's being recorded for later playback. So with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started. So Rich, uh, I'm sure all of us have heard of foundations like Oasis Open, Linux Foundation, Eclipse, Apache, where you were, et cetera. But in your own words, can you describe what a foundation is and why you think they're relevant in today's world of open source and open standards projects? Well, it's a, a, a really big question, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, there, there's so many foundations in, in the open source world right now. And basically a foundation exists to give an open source project support services that it needs to continue existing. And, you know, and when you and I started with open source, you could write some code and compile it on your laptop and, and put it on your website. And that was the extent of it. And what we started discovering is that there are needs. There are financial needs. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, there's legal needs. You might want to have somebody help you promote your project so that somebody actually ends up using it. And these are all firmly outside of my expertise. And so I start looking around to see if there's somebody that can provide me these services. And that's where we started seeing open source foundations springing up. And of course, this, this isn't a new concept. It was just new to us. It's, it's been the reality um, in the world at large for, for centuries, but, but you know, we, we realized this need for ourselves. Um, and, as open source gets more and more complicated, as more of the world runs on it, as these open source systems become uh, more complicated and multi-layered, the needs of projects grow. And the people that are working on those projects just don't have the, the skills or the time or the resources to provide them for themselves. And so this is, this is a, a space that foundations are filling along with the, the thing that I care so much about is, is uh, the governance that goes along with a project to ensure that it actually is and continues to be an open and transparent project. Right, right. And, and I think from the perspective of, uh, and you and I have been in open source for a while, a long time now, um, I have a little bit of the standards experience, but obviously I have more of it now in a, in a different lens coming to Oasis. But I think foundations have been kind of the, the normal way of operating in the open standards world for a long time because of, of what you said, right? That transparent governance, the ability for everybody to come in 
and and work together and collaborate together. You know, I was on a, a call this morning earlier before this this uh, webinar for CAP, the Common Alerting Protocol, which is a standard that that started out here at Oasis, and it's mm-hmm. it's being used all over the world to really drive. Um, you know the ability to to send out alerts based on on disasters and and potential disasters and it's great to see you know a foundation be the the original home of that that kind of continues to do that sort of collaborative work and i think more and more i'd love to see that kind of coming to the fore in in even in in the open source side so you know if you think a foundation so given what you said if you think a foundation's a good fit for the work that you're doing uh, people ask me this all the time, so I'll, I'll toss this question to you. When in the development process should you start thinking about finding a place to host your project, whether it's going to be an open source piece of work or potentially an open standards piece of work? So as with many of the things that we've discussed around this topic, the answer is it depends. Um, right. and, and to quote the great uh, Joe Jackson, you can't get what you want until you know what you want. And uh, <laughs> So a project really has to be introspective and look at what their needs are, what they're expecting to get out of a foundation, whether they're just looking for um, the reputation that comes along with being a foundation, which is a, a significant and important thing, or if they have specific financial, legal infrastructure needs. Um, I, I think that that in order to make the case for joining a foundation, you need to be a somewhat established project. Mm. Um, Most of the open source foundations that I've had experience with, they expect a project to come to the foundation, not just an idea. Um, and, And that may be different for something like a standard where you have more of an idea and you need a place in a community to flesh it out. But in open source, you wanna have something that, uh, that works, that people can try because without that, building a community can be very difficult. And so I I tend to think that it's going to be at the point where you need it, not at the point where you think, gee, that might be nice someday. So you wanna put on a conference, maybe um, having a foundation to support that would be a good thing to look into. And so you start shopping around for the foundations, But, but it needs to be driven by need needs to be driven by specific needs, because if you don't know what your specific needs are, then you're guaranteed not to find them and you'll end up in the wrong foundation. Right, exactly. I mean, and the other thing I think that that comes to mind here is sort of the on the adoption side, sort of what the reputation is of uh, of a project and, and of a community. And, and when you talked about governance, I think the thing that, that sort of al- always was something that I was really thinking about in, in even before I took this role about why you would go to a foundation, it, that neutrality or, uh, and I don't want to say the perception of, because I think it is more than the perception, but there is a little bit of, of kind of a marketing or, or perception of, Hey, there's, this is a neutral thing, not, not being driven solely or controlled by, by one or two entities, but actually a place for collaboration. How do you think foundations play a role in that? Well, looking back to, to some of the stories that were told around the early days of the Apache foundation, that was, that was a key driving aspect of it um, because the Apache web server sprang up out of a, a situation where a, the, the standard web server that everyone used went off to become part of a company. Mm-hmm. And the, the folks that were 
that were developing the Apache web server didn't want that to ever be a possibility. And so having that, that corporate neutrality, that vendor neutrality became the central pillar of so many of the decisions that became part of the, of the Apache governance structure. And you, you see that in a lot of other open source foundations as well, where having a neutral place to develop something, um, it, it uh, insulates you from companies changing direction and deciding they're not in interested anymore. And it also insulates you from a company making decisions for their customers rather than for the users of the open source project. And, you know, maybe, maybe open cores is an example of a place where that, that happens a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to think of vendor neutrality as, as a really critical part of, of a project truly being open. Right, right. And, and I think it affects the adoption of that project as well as, as what the contribution model looks like. So, um, and this is kind of a nice segue to, to sort of a, what I wanna, would like to do here with you is kind of put together maybe a little buyer's guide for folks. So. You know, with most significant open source projects being corporately backed, right? We, we know this, right? There's a huge, obviously, uh, you know, people that they're contributing kind of on their own behalf, but there's a huge amount of open source that's corporately backed. Why should organizations take their work to a foundation instead of just hosting it themselves? And, and there are several examples in, in, in the most in recent past, I won't name names, where companies have said, well, we can handle this. We can make, we can be, we can be neutral and you can trust us. Why do you think, from a corporate perspective, you should think about going to a foundation? Um, as, a, as a potential contributor to an open source project, I would look at that project and I would say, oh, that's, that's a Microsoft project. That's a Red Hat project. They don't need my help. Um, they've got full-time people working on that. They don't need my help. And it becomes very difficult to, to build a diverse, a corporately diverse um, as well as diverse on other axes, contributor base, um, when people don't really feel like they're welcome. And this is, this is something that I've seen change over the last 20 years. In the early days, when, when projects were predominantly uh, nights and weekends developers, um, your contribution was, was valuable no matter how small it is. And something that we see these days is that when people are working 40 hours a week on an open source project, the contributions of the true volunteers tend to get swamped, ignored, um, even sometimes completely sidelined because they're just not significant enough. And you, you come to the project on the weekend and you realize that that idea you had has already been implemented and released by the full-time people. And so I, I feel like, um, creating a, an atmosphere where, where the contributors believe that a project is vendor neutral is, is critical. And there are many cases where a, a project is run within a, a single company and it is truly open, but getting people to believe that can be difficult. And so the reputation of a foundation is, is really an important piece of that, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the perception, perception kind of, feeding into what reality is right and that not always those two not always being aligned but yeah. having it as a foundation is, is a way to, to kind of cement that so um what are some concrete characteristics that not only from your experience people you choose you look at but what should these corporate organizations be thinking about when choosing a potential foundation what are some characteristics or things they should be looking for 
so there's there's a couple um, major categories of open source foundations, at least in the United States. There's this thing called a 501c3, which means you're doing it for the public good. And there's a 501c6, which means you're doing it for your corporate membership. And that's something that as a company taking a project to a foundation, you should, you should pay close attention to that. Do you want to have your voice as a company or do you want it to be as individuals and as users of the software? And that's that, you know, both of those decisions are valid. Um, you know, we might have particular leanings one way or the other, depending on the nature of our companies, but, but that's, that's something to consider first. Um, another thing is to pay a lot of attention to the governance model. Even if it's boring, read through all yeah. of the government's <laughs> documents. Make sure you understand what your voice is. Um, do you get a voice by paying a membership fee? Do you get a voice by showing up? Um, you know, this is, this is a significant difference between, say, the Linux Foundation model and maybe the OpenStack Foundation model, um, where, where project governance is, is by corporate seat or by individual seat. And that's, that's a critical thing to understand going in, because once you take your project to a foundation, and this is something a lot of companies seem to not get until it's too late. When you take your project to a foundation, it's not yours anymore and you are giving it to the commons. Um, you, are, you are seeding your, uh, your dictatorial role in the project, as, as you will, to the community. And that's, that's something that's important to understand going in. I've seen a lot of projects, a lot of companies bring a project to say the Apache Foundation and then continue to say our project, our team, our product. And it's, it's a learning process, obviously, yeah. to, to get from where we were before to, to understanding that, that, that seeding of control. And so that's something I think it's really important to, to pay attention to. Um, another thing that I would say is um, look for affinity. And by this, I mean the, the Python Foundation is a good home for projects that, that are in Python. I mean, it's, it's, no you, surprise you, go there. There, <laughs> you go there for uh, affinity of projects. Do these projects look like me and affinity of people? Do these people have the same values that I have? And so it, if, if you're just reading through a list of foundations and picking the one that looks right, you're doing it wrong. You have to actually go spend time with those people and understand how they think about things, understand why they do open source the way that they do because the affinity of people is every bit as important as the affinity of projects. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's a great, it's a great thing to think about. I mean, I, I say all the time uh, to staff at Oasis and, and to potential folks that are looking at Oasis that I think where we are is we're, we're big enough to matter. We've got a lot of gravitas around some of the things we've done like CAP and, and, and you know, and, and, uh, and some of the other standards we put together, but we're, we're also what I would say is big enough to matter, but small enough to care. We're mm -hmm. a, a kind of foundation where you're not going to get necessarily, you're not going to get lost in a, in a large swath of things. We have a, a lot of gravitas yeah. and a lot of work that we're doing, but we also try to give really personal attention and really help 
um, the projects that come to us succeed because it's just kind of the the brand, right, of of, yeah. of where we are. So, but yeah, and 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 a big part of that is affinity of of understanding who our community is and kind of connecting them in interesting ways, uh, like the blockchain uh, Ethereum stuff we're doing, for example. Yeah, so, and the, the oasis the oasis selling point, I think, is that if if you if you care about implementing a standard completely and correctly, then doing that at Oasis or another standards foundation makes a lot of sense. Um, if, if you're kind of making it up as you go along then, and, and you, don't, you don't much care about implementing an actual approved standard, then maybe somewhere else is a better fit. So that's, right, exactly. that's in the, the affinity of projects bucket, I think. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think it's, um, you know, and, and since I've been in open source for a long time with you, I mean, I know that there were people that in, in our community that kind of looked when I decided to come to Oasis and went, that's an interesting career move. But I actually think that there's a ton of affinity among open source uh, and open standards. And we just, we, yeah, back to the beginnings of the of internet. Roots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's part of our roots. And we've, we've sort of strayed, I don't want to say strayed, but we've kind of gone away from that a little bit. And I like, I like the fact that we're kind of beginning to bring that back together. So, you know, that's a that's a great segue to actually kind of the next section of stuff I would love to ask you about is, you know, with with many foundations, including here, us here at Oasis, moving towards this harmonization of, of open source and open standards activities. Does that change any of your thoughts on the kinds of characteristics, um, uh, what kinds of characteristics potential projects should be considering when shopping for a foundation? Or does that still fall into that affinity of projects bucket for you? Well, it, it, it changes which things you're going to emphasize. It, so it, it puts more emphasis on testing and validation against the standards. And, mm -hmm. and that's something that, that a foundation can, can certify. And so if, if certifying adherence to a standard is important to you, then yeah, that absolutely changes which foundations you're going to look to as a home. And uh, we, we definitely did get away from standards for a while because it was just easier to in in the short term to move faster and, and make stuff work and get it out there in the right. market. But over time, um, I, I think that the 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 move back to standards is is driven by you know things like cloud computing and edge computing where interop is so critical. Yeah. And so you you can no longer just kind of make it up on your own. You have to you have to have the entire community in with you on a on a standard so that your stuff works with their stuff. And so it's it's kind of a, a cool refocus that, right. that we're seeing in the last few years. Yeah. And, I, and Chris Ferris from IBM, who was my my guest on the previous episode of this, I think said it best when he said, uh, words will tend to last longer than code. Uh, which I hadn't really heard it put that way before, but it makes total sense that that you know these things that we put down in terms of interoperability mm -hmm. uh, are there for the long haul, whereas code may or may not be there for the long haul. It kind of depends, you know. But I think I, I like how you say it's a it's a focus back towards what I like to call back to the future of you know the, the beginnings of the internet were were built on open standards and open yeah. source, and I think you know how we deal with culture and pace and the differences in those two communities is interesting, but I think a place like a foundation is a good, is a good place to do that because you can start to bring, you know, these two communities together, the open standards community, for example, that we have at Oasis and, and, and the open source communities and reach out and find ways to build these checkpoints uh, for those two communities to, to really intersect. And, and my experience is you have to be really, really intentional about that. And I think that's what I love about the foundation model is it's a place to be intentional about that kind of interaction. Yeah. Cool. And 
Um, well, I kind of wanted to dive in before we uh, uh, open it up for audience questions. Uh, one kind of final question around this is, you know, as it relates to standards, there's been a lot written uh, and talked about in the recent Open Forum Europe Lounge series was a great example of this regarding how organizations like Oasis and others can bring more, help bring more open source into, into these really highly regulated procurement pipelines like government and, and, and medical and financial. Uh, do you agree that this is a role that foundations should be taking on? And if so, do you think there's things we could be doing to do a better job of, of really demystifying the open source and, and using standards as a way to bring open source into these procurement pipelines? Yeah, I, I, I do think it's really important. You know, we, we like to talk about how open source is one and everybody does open source now. But of course, in certain industries, that's not the case yet. And in those industries, there's, you know, healthcare is a good example. Government's a good example. There's, there's enormous savings to be had by having a standards that, that we implement against um, rather than everybody doing their own thing and then trying to make it smush together later. And um, having, having a respected foundation behind those standards can take away a lot of the fear that some of these uh, industries have about, um, you know, weird people hacking on code in their basements. And, and I think <laughs> that, that as much as that has, is not the case anymore and hasn't been for a long time, it's still the perception in, in industries where the correctness of code, the correctness of functionality is so critical because it, somebody's life depends upon it. And so right. this goes back to what we talked about earlier about reputation. You know that if your project is hosted at this particular foundation, you know you can trust it because it's got a whole uh, governance structure on it that is verifying that those things are uh, quality and meet the standards. So yeah, I think that that as more and more industries start to look to open source as solutions, that this is gonna become ever more important. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So with that, let's open it up to some audience questions. Uh, Dee, do we have any audience questions? We do indeed. Thanks, guys. That was really interesting. I, I certainly learned some things this morning. So um, here, here's a very interesting question. It's, it's hard to quantify, but I think it's, it's good to put out there. What kinds of fees are reasonable for most foundations? I know that's, that's tough to rein in. Are the more expensive options always the best? Rich, you want to take a stab at that first? Um, <laughs> well, that's that's. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's the tough one. Yeah, that's that's a tough one for me. Um, you know, most of my most of my open source experience has been around Apache, which is uh, sponsor based, and so it's it's uh, the model is pay what you think we're worth, and and that has that has worked well there. Um, standards organizations have, have typically gone with a, a membership structure. And um, I am not involved with the sales side at Oasis. Um, and so I, but, but, you know, I know that, that um, you have to cover your costs and right. um, at, at the various foundations that I've worked with, there are major costs around infrastructure, around CI, um, there are personnel costs. Is the more expensive necessarily better? No, of course not. I mean, that's not, it's not true with cars and it's not true with foundations. Um, and, and so I, 
I would certainly encourage you to really do your homework and find the one that is the best fit and then right. figure out how that fits into your budget. Yeah, I, I would concur with that. I mean, I think that uh, having having been, been involved um, with, uh, with other foundations, uh, Linux Foundation, not Apache as much as you have, Rich, but uh, you know, with Eclipse and, and some foundations within uh, uh, the Linux Foundation and, and now with Oasis, I think it, it really does, I, I like how you put it, it it's, the, it's the project affinity and the people affinity and be, be, paying more is not necessarily going to get you, you know, more marketing dollars, if you will, or, or more exposure. It's really, I think, finding out which one makes the most sense for you as an organization. And, and it's okay to shop around. I think, you know, one of the things that, that uh, has been on my mind a lot is when people come to Oasis and ask us, well, why should we come to you? And, and I say, you know, big enough to matter, small enough to care, you know, governance that makes sense in terms of, of standards. And those are great selling points. And, you know, Linux Foundation and Eclipse and others have also great selling points about what makes the most sense for them. So I think shopping, like you said, shopping purely on cost uh, isn't always the best way to, to, to approach this. Okay, great. So um, our second question, how do you answer folks who say that foundations are too much overhead and not really necessary if transparent governments, governance is already in place? I think you kind of talked about that earlier, Rich. Well, I, I feel like we, we did talk about it earlier, but let me, let me, uh, let me just say that if, if you feel that is the case for your project, then you're right. <laughs> and if you feel that you need the overhead, then you're right. Um, and a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of young projects, yeah, it's it's too much overhead. It's it's too much uh, administration. Um, as you start to have millions of users, if you start to have millions of installations, you start realizing that they're you're, that you're dropping the ball on some things. Maybe you need to find somebody to help you carry that ball a little farther down the field. And it's it's. Uh, it, it's extremely individual to projects. Mm -hmm. And I, I do agree that transparent governance is the, the cornerstone of being truly open, but, uh, but you, you can't get away from, from certain other needs sometimes. Right. And some of, some of this goes to your earlier comments about you have to be ready to turn it over. Right. And I think that's always, that's always a bit of a challenge, right? I mean, in any organization and, and, you know, obviously there are examples, you know, and, and for those listeners who don't know, I actually worked at Red Hat uh, for uh, a couple of years uh, doing some open source consulting. So Rich and I know each other from there. And, and I think Red Hat does a good, a good job of certain things you folks keep, you know, as Red Hat projects, as they make sense. And then, you know, then others that they get transitioned to a foundation because there there's room for both of those, I think those types of projects. Okay. Uh, any other questions, Dee? We're almost out um, of time. One here. more in closing. We we do have a few, just a few more minutes. It seems like a lot of foundations are going down the path of open source and open standards combined. Um, shouldn't they just be working together instead of creating many of the same thing in the marketplace? 
Well, uh, I have I have some thoughts on that, and I'd love Rich's thoughts too. But I think that um, obviously collaboration and being an open source and community person myself, it's one of the things I have really looked forward to at Oasis is figuring out how we can collaborate with other foundations. Because I think Rich made a great point, which is there's affinity of projects, and there may be affinity of projects that aren't directly related to some of the things Oasis does, but we, we could end up maybe providing an opportunity to host the standard, even though it may not be something that's in kind of our our uh, bucket or things of things that we normally do, but finding a way to collaborate with other foundations is is a key thing I'm trying to do because I think it's just really really important. And we've heard it pretty clearly from you know especially our European contingent that you know we'd love that we would love the, for the foundations to be collaborating more mm-hmm. so that you know we don't have that so that we have choices, but that we don't have such a plethora of choices that we don't know what to do and or who to go to. Yeah, and I, I think that there's there's definitely room for both models. Um, open source foundations have collaborated with with standards organizations from the very beginning, and there's always the tension between our different working models. You know, the open source foundations say the standards organizations move too slowly; they're too pedantic; they're too heavy on governance. The the standards organizations say many of the same things about the open source foundations. (laughs) They don't implement our standards right. They don't care about our process. They move too quickly. And so um, having an organization that combines both of those may address some of those issues. And this is, you know, it's kind of what we're seeing at at Oasis. And I I think that uh, it's exciting to see that that model develop over the coming years, because I think that the, the synergy, if you will, terrible word, but, but between those two halves of the picture, um, seeing them working together in one place, um, it's going to work for some projects. It's not going to work for others. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, D, I, is that all the okay. questions we have? D? That, that's it. And we're right, okay. pretty much right at the bottom of the hour. Perfect time. Perfect. Thank you. Well, Rich, thanks so much. Uh, it was Thank great you. to have you join me. Uh, and I hope our listeners were able to take note of, of kind of this condensed buyer's guide, if you will, uh, for choosing a foundation to host your work. Uh, and I really appreciate you sharing your expertise with all of us. Well, thanks for having me, Guy. You bet. And, and uh, folks out there, if you want to learn more about this or other topics, you can find us at oasis-open.org. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter at Oasis Open. And once again, until next time, thanks for listening, everybody.